Welcome to the Small Business Big Mindset Podcast, where we dive into tactical strategies to grow your business and make an impact on this world. A huge part of success is keeping your mindset and vision on track. So this is a major part of our process and this podcast. Let's do this. Hey, Erin here. Welcome to the Small Business Big Mindset Podcast. This week, we have Andrea Louise, owner of Lake Waste Fine Center. She says aspiring author. I say she's an author, even if her book hasn't been published yet. So we'll agree to disagree on that. Welcome, Andrea, to the podcast. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Oh my gosh, for sure. Um, Okay, so I kind of joke on some episodes that I like to jump right in, like some podcast hosts kind of like have like an ad and an intro and a teaser trailer and everything. And I'm like, let's just get to it. So, um, so I love, so I'm like, um, so I'd love to hear a little bit about you, your background, and then we can kind of jump into how you got started with what you're doing now. Okay, sure. I, um, I've been a chiropractor. I've been practicing for this month. It will be 14. No, 17 years. Um, I opened up my practice in Lakeway 14 years ago, and I've owned it on my own for the past eight. And my practice is an integrated practice with chiropractic, massage therapy, and I also do spinal decompression for patients with disc conditions. So that's a special niche that I do in my practice. Um, And I take care of patients of all ages, from babies and newborns all the way up through seniors and everybody in the middle. So, yeah. Very cool. So (laughs) have you always been an entrepreneur? I didn't mean to be, um, but I guess I have. (laughs) Um, I started out practicing in Richmond for two years, um, and then I was married once upon a time and got uh, came to Austin to marry him and he's a chiropractor as well. And so we, he had a job he wasn't really into and was, you know, dissatisfied with, and I was new in town and couldn't find a solid job. And so we decided to open up our own practice. And it's one of those things that you have no idea what you're getting yourself into until you jump in. Mm -hmm. And so that's, uh, what we did. And then of course paths shifted and, um, we divorced and I took over the practice. And so I've been the sole owner of it for the past, I think it's been about eight years now. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. we don't have to get super personal, but you mentioned, you know, being married and not anymore and you do have a kiddo, Mm -hmm. right? So yes. um, Mm -hmm. how is that now? Like kind of being a single mom, owning your own business? Like, can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Single mom and sole business owner was not ever on my radar, you know, as far as like my my wish list for what I hope to accomplish. Um, but my daughter is amazing. She's 10. She's in fifth grade now. And so us navig- navigating all of the homeschool changes and, you know, doing school virtually. She's done school in my office for months um, until she was finally able to go back to school and now we're back to being remote again um, with her school district. So we're kind of going back and forth. So it's been like bring your kid to work today for months now, <laughs> which I'm super blessed and fortunate that I have space in my office where she can actually have her own little office suite, like a little CEO um, while I'm working all day and I can pop in and check on her. And she's old enough to 
do all of the schoolwork on her own. But yeah, it's definitely been something. I mean, being being a single mom and then being the sole business owner, it's you know my way of providing for her. All my eggs are in one basket, and so it's um with the pandemic, it's definitely been um, a little nerve wracking, but we're pulling through. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah, I can imagine how challenging it must be regularly, and then you throw <laughs> a pandemic into the mix. And so, how yeah. how has the pandemic impacted you? I want to get in. I want to get to you starting to write a book as well. But like with your practice. Um, how did it impact you and how, how, how is it now? And how did you have to shift to kind of get through it? Yeah, it's been a lot of pivoting for sure. Um, I think that's the name of the game for 2020, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, everybody in some way has had to rearrange their lives. Um, so we changed protocols in my office completely. There's a ton of cleaning, um, I think my hands are permanently have Clorox on them (laughs) Uh, for the past many months. Um, Lots of cleaning, lots of sanitizing. Uh, We, uh, because my practice has has a huge part of massage therapy and they were shut down for two and a half months um, and chiropractic was limited as well. We have two different boards. So my board was allowing for us to treat patients, but only patients that were really acute. And that's just not really my practice. So it was very slow. Um, We were down about 80% for two and a half months. And then once the rules lifted, we were able to get back to, you know, our new, our new normal, as they say. Mm -hmm. Um, So we've been, it's, it's been something, it's been a lot more downtime than I've ever had in my life, in my career. Um, But it's allowed for these other opportunities to open up and for me to focus on writing, which is something that I never would have had the time for prior. Um, so that's been a good thing in a negative situation. Yeah, that's. I think that's probably, if I had to pick a favorite thing about the pandemic, um, it would be that. It's like, I, I keep talking to people who've like shifted into something that they were like, gosh, I never would have tried that had I not been put in this position, you know? And so mm-hmm. for you, tell us how wanting to write a book came about. Yeah, I, well, actually, my daughter inspired me. She um, asked me a question two years ago, and we're very, she's very inquisitive, and we're very into, like, deep, meaningful questions, and um, she, Love it. <laughs> she's funny at eight, but um, she said to me, she was eight at the time, and she said, Mom, what would you be if you could be anything? And I said, well, babe, you know, I'm really lucky. I love being a chiropractor. I love taking care of patients. It's my favorite part of the job. And I don't know what else I would be. She was like, no, mom, (laughs) if you could be anything, what would you be? And author flew out of my mouth and I was shocked. I didn't expect that to come. Um, and neither did she. I've been a reader my whole life, like a pretty avid reader, but, um, to write something would be just, pretty amazing. And uh, so ever since that kind of (laughs) flew out of my face, I've been allowing those little nudges to happen and kind of diving into that. And so for the past few years, I've been writing. But really over the pandemic, the whole concept for my book evolved. And 
it was because of having all that extra time, I was actually doing a backyard transformation. I didn't know what to do with myself. So I, I bought a home last year and I was working on transforming the backyard and building a patio and scooping rocks and staining my fence and all these things that I never would have done. And as I was spending all of that time outside and just focusing on these projects, these ideas for this book kept coming up. And so I felt like it was, you know, God's little nudge to say, okay, get it together and Mm -hmm. start going. So that's what I've been working on. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. And so what is, what is the foundation of your book? Like, what does it touch on? What is it about? Yeah, I'm still figuring that out. (laughs) But (laughs) I believe it's going to be a narrative driven nonfiction style book. Um, kind of interweaving my own personal experiences in my life with some um, some things that have happened um, and then with my life and my practice and the themes that keep coming up with the patients that I treat. And that's the part of my job that I just love. I love connecting with people. I love hearing their story and getting to know them. And sometimes the things that they say are so surprising um, I'm sure you you feel that way too with what you do, but um, that's my favorite part. And just knowing that we're all going through similar things, just in different ways or different times. And so there've been times in my practice where I've shared what I'm going through, whether it was divorce or dating in your 40s, God help us. Um, <laughs> so, you know, sharing those things. And then as my patients have, gone through those things themselves, they come to me and we talk about it because they know I've been transparent about it. Um, Or they have friends that are going through things and ask me, you know, what do you do with this? Um, And so those conversations have been had repeatedly in my office. And it just seems like there's so much, um, so much truth that happens there, so much connection. And that's really what I want to write about and bring forward. Mm-hmm. So I know that there's so many entrepreneurs out there who would like to write a book as well, right? And um, mm-hmm. uh, for you, it sounds like what you do inspired you, you know, part of like what you want to write about. So what what other steps have you taken when you're finally like, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to write a book. I'm going to be an author. I'm going to be published then what? Like what, what, what steps did you do? And I know you're early on, you know, so like tell us, yes. you know, what steps that you've taken so far. Yeah. It really started with just writing mm-hmm. and getting used to sitting down and writing. And it's kind of like when I first started running, I didn't know what I was doing at first and then kind of found myself through it and found myself looking forward to it and planning for it. And getting excited about it and changing my routine to fit that in. And I've trained for half marathons and a full marathon. And so that I feel like I'm on that same type of path with writing. It's like creating those little spaces to be creative and to sit down and focus on writing. Um, I took a class called Author School, which was really fantastic. It was led by a literary agent, Rochelle. Um, she's Jen Hatmaker's literary agent, who's an author that I love, who's also here in Austin. Mm-hmm. Um, and she taught us, it was an eight week course and she taught us how to go from 
typing on your laptop by yourself to being published and being on the shelves in a bookstore. And so it was incredible to learn all the behind the scenes and what you need to do for that and how important building your platform is. And I had to Google building a platform because I didn't even know what that was. (laughs) So so not my scene in my career. Um, So I've learned a lot (laughs) and I'm (laughs) learning how to connect and how to meet other writers and get inspired with them and um, kind of finding my people as, you know, as I'm going through the process and continuing to write and still trying to figure out what this book is exactly going to say. I can imagine that you kind of use the same, I don't know, tools or skills to figure out how to write and become an author that you did to start your own business in the first place, right? Because it's like you go to school and then, but then you've got to figure it out, right? Whether or not you're going to work at a practice or open your own or, you know, what are you, what you're going to do. And so mm-hmm. a lot of our yeah. audience is just starting out. So I was just curious, like, you know, do you have any sort of, I don't know, key learnings or insights or mistakes that you made that you're like, that's a lesson <laughs> that you have for others who want to start out with their Oh gosh, so many. Uh, I mean, as a chiropractor, when I was in chiropractic school, we were focused on the science Mm -hmm. and you're focused on the philosophy and the art of chiropractic and learning all of those things, the anatomy, the technique, it was so much school, so much school, um, but zero school in business. Mm -hmm. And so, and they, the school I went to, they drilled it into your head that 60% of chiropractors fail in practice. That was driven us. And I'm like, maybe we should do something about that. Like, can we, can we up that number a little bit? Maybe, you know, throw us some education, but the schooling was so, it was so strenuous. I mean, um, like a normal college load is 12 credit hours at a time. And we were taking 24 to 27 at a time. And so I guess there just wasn't room for the business side. Um, So I learned a lot of it kind of on the job training. Um, I did work in an office for, I worked in two offices before going to chiropractic school and that's probably the best training I had. Um, One is my mentor who's still my mentor, you know, years later. Um, The other office I didn't care for, but it was great learning on what I liked, what I didn't like, what kind of style I wanted to have in the office. And then I practiced for two years in Virginia before moving to Texas. And so there I learned a lot of how to manage a team and how to hire and do all those things. But I wasn't paying the bills and paying the overhead and doing payroll and and things like that. So I really got to dive into the practice part of it and a little bit of the management. And then opening up my own practice is where I've really just been, you know, in one day I go from being the IT girl, which I have zero business doing, (laughs) to being human resources, to being the doctor, to being the leader in the office and um, and teacher apparently now too (laughs) this year. So a little of everything. Uh, Um, Gosh, so many mistakes were made. So many, um, especially with with finding the right teammates, you know, the right... um, 
people to be in my office. I have a very small staff, so it's really imperative that everybody get along and be working for the same goal. And that's hard to find. You know, that's a special blend. Mm -hmm. And learning how to do advertising and marketing, which is so crazy outside my my box. And um, I've had to learn a lot with that. And a lot of that has changed over the 17 years in practice. You know, when I first opened, we didn't have Facebook and social media. So that's been a whole huge learning curve for me, for sure. Well, I would say that the social media, the marketing aspect changes like I mean, it's already, it's changed so many times even since the pandemic began. <laughs> so it's like that. It's like just constantly changing. It's so hard to keep up with. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I, yeah, I get that for sure. Um, and when you hired your team, how did you go about it? Did you hire a few people at once? You needed a certain, you know, this person and this person immediately, or how did you kind of manage that? Yeah, that was definitely an evolution. When I first opened, I was practicing with my husband at the time. And so it was just the two of us in the office for a while. And I knew how to do the front desk stuff, like the um, patient software and scheduling software. And I had learned that along the way and he did not. And so I kind of took over being the office manager while he was being the doctor, which was a tough dynamic in itself because, mm-hmm. you know, I uh, earned my way for that title as right, well. And right. so it was definitely tough. Mm-hmm. Uh, then when I had my daughter, I was in the office part-time and then part-time at home. So that's when we hired an office manager was when I was pregnant and brought her on. She was with us for a number of years and then that's fluctuated as well. Um, gosh, when I first, when we were first hiring people, it was on Craigslist, you know, to find a massage therapist and to find um, front desk help and office coordinators. And now it's Indeed and a lot of local Facebook pages. That's how I found some of my best people um, has been just local social media. So that's definitely shifted mm-hmm. a lot. <laughs> yeah, it's so interesting to hear how people have um, are leveraging social media more for hiring, you know, than than other avenues, other traditional platforms, I should say. Um, yeah, yeah, it's so interesting. And so, how do you? I guess for both, for your practice and for your your upcoming book, how how do you kind of get clients or and, and then for your book like how are you starting to grow you know a community that sort of a thing so I guess for both for your practice it's like how do you how do you get clients how do you market yourselves what kind of vehicles do you use and then also kind of what are you mm-hmm. starting to do um, for the books I know it's early for that too okay yeah uh, for my business it's changed a lot over the years um, now that I've been established for a long time and our community is where I practice, it is really a tight-knit kind of community, which has been fantastic. So mostly it's word of mouth at this point. Um, I don't do a lot of advertising at all, really. We do a weekly post on social media for local um, Facebook groups and sites and an Instagram post um, on Small Business Tuesday. And then um, I have done some print work in some local uh, neighborhood newsletters Um, I think print work has been hit or miss, especially 
especially in the later years when social media has just really taken over. I don't think people are maybe reading as much mail as they used to and going through that. I'm guilty of that as well. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think it's kind of shifted toward that. I also have a really great group of doctors that refer patients to me, um, especially for the disc work that I do for people. So pain management doctors, orthopedics, um, neurosurgeons. I have a few of those that refer pretty regularly. So that's been huge. Okay. That's a, a, yeah, that's been a great, um, a great friendship to have with those doctors and then a great um, community to have for the book. So what I learned in that class that I took is that we're supposed to have a pretty strong following with before you can even hope to become a published author if you're trying to publish traditionally, not self-published. Mm-hmm. So that's a whole different avenue. Um, so I've been focusing on trying to build that that following and build that community um, on Instagram. There's an entire huge kind of underground community of bookstagrammers that I had no idea about. So I kind of feel like I found my people, yeah. <laughs> all these like super excited um, people that love posting about what they're reading and what they love and authors and writers and a lot of aspiring authors and writers and poets are on there. And so it's been really fascinating. Um, That's been super fun and just so different for me to be focused on something creative rather than business. Mm -hmm. And so, um, yeah, that's been really cool. And so in the past month i i had fought instagram i wasn't on there at all and finally beginning of november i built my um profile i'm still learning all the terms but um finally (laughs) figured out how to do that and the following has been pretty amazing um i think i'm up to 1600 something as of today and that's in the past month so i'm hoping that that will just continue to grow and um I can continue connecting with people and learning from them and hopefully inspiring them. Mm-hmm. And so how do people find the, this, these bookstagrammers? Do they, do you just like search the hashtag or like, how did you find this group? So someone in my office, um, she's an esthetician and she was totally my, my guide through this cause she's really good with it. And I knew nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there are these follow loops that you can find and, I, again, I knew nothing about this a month ago, but um, these follow loops, um, there's there's a lot of them for writers, for bookish people, they call them. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's fantastic. Um, For Bookstagram, there's a lot of those follow loops. And so it's been interesting getting, getting in with those and getting connected to a few different writers that now tag me to include me on those loops and I'll be hosting a couple of them in the upcoming weeks. And so it's um it's a neat way to quickly get connected to a lot of people that have the same kind of focus. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. And yeah. so you're wearing many hats, right? So you're a business sole business <laughs> owner, single mom. Mm-hmm. Now you're taking on author, uh everything else that you have going on in your life. So what daily routines that do you have like that kind of like keep you, you know, energized and going, right? So how do you kind of fill your mm-hmm. cup? So like what that help kind of like your personal and business success? Like, is it 
gratitude journal, meditation? Like, what is it? What is it that you kind of, it doesn't have to be daily, but that you kind of add to mm-hmm. your routine? Yeah, I, um, I, I'm a big routine lover. <laughs> That's kind of my personality. I, I like to have things pretty structured. And I think because I am trying to manage so much, I kind of have to have that in my, in my life. I wouldn't do well if I didn't have some sort of routine. So I usually, I'm up at like 5, 5.30 to work out. I got a Peloton over the over the pandemic and that's been a lifesaver to be able to get a good sweat going first thing in the morning. Um, I love all the positive messages that go with that as well, the coaching that goes with it. So that's been super grounding for me. I think if I get a good sweat going in the day, it really frees up my my mind. It gets rid of a lot of stress and anxiety for me. And then I get ready for work, get my daughter ready for school, go do all the the mom stuff in the morning, you know, making lunches and all that, Um, and then work all day. And in the day, I like to take a lunch break to just decompress. I am super social and I love being with people, but I'm an introvert by nature. And so I've learned that taking that time at lunch, usually I'm I used to be alone at a restaurant with a book, but, you know, that's all shifted now. Um, so, yeah. So in my office <laughs> with my, my lunch from home, um, usually reading a bit or just breathing, you know, just taking time to just breathe and catch my breath before my afternoon session of patience. Mm-hmm. Um, that's been really huge. And I've learned that over the years that I just need that. And then at the end of the day, um, try to end on a good note, not leave any loose ends hanging at my office. And if I do, then I've, I've learned to compartmentalize that and leave it at work so I can be present at home. That's super important for me. Um, I think that would be really hard if I had a job that, that followed me home on my phone or, you know, constant emails coming in. That's, that's not my career. And I'm really thankful for that because it's, it's easier for me to, you know, get into mom mode and be present with my girl. Yeah. Um, and then every night at bedtime, we do a lot of um, prayers and what we're thankful for. And having my faith has really been a foundation for me, especially during this pandemic. Um, it's definitely been something I've been able to lean on. So I try to stay centered with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like you stay pretty intentional throughout the day. Great. Oh, you know, I have my moments, but <laughs> as we <laughs> try. all do, but <laughs> I try. <laughs> so, my goal is that every patient who comes in feels like they were heard and they were seen and they were cared for. And mm. so that's really hard to do on the days when you have your own stuff going on. Like it's it's really tricky to um, you know, set that aside and be there with that person. But that's what I try to do. Yeah. No, that's really, mm-hmm. I think that's huge. You know, that's, you, you almost have to come from that place, you know, um, mm-hmm. in order to have a successful session, you know, with that client and a successful day, because you're just going, 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 you know. Um, yes. So as of this recording, it's the first day of December. So it's the first day of the last month of 2020. We made Yay. it. <laughs> I know. Right. <laughs> 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 uh, <laughs> So uh, as we look ahead, like what goals and vision do you have both for your practice and for your 
new career as an author? Mm. Ooh, new career. Um, <laughs> <laughs> You're more uh, than one basket to... now. <laughs> right? <laughs> Love it. <laughs> I could use a few baskets for sure. Um, gosh, for the practice, I, I really want to ma- make sure that I maintain a really good team. Um, our lead massage therapist just left to go have a baby. Mm. And so we had big shoes to fill. Um, and so still working on, on getting that fine tuned and moving forward. Hopefully we're able to stay open fully. Uh, we won't have another, you know, business shut down. Um, so hoping for that and just trying to keep the practice moving forward and taking care of people as well as I can. Um, that's really just that that uh, moving forward in the direction that I want to be heading in. That's really my focus um, to keep my integrity and keep the practice in, in the right frame of mind. Um, and then as far as writing, oh gosh. Um, well, to keep doing that <laughs> is one thing. And then hopefully to start the whole query process with getting with literary agents and hopefully becoming represented um, and then attempting to become published. That would be the next big step. And I've learned it takes, you know, sometimes a year to two years to go from that writing stage to published on the bookshelves. But um, I'm hoping I'll be kind of veering down that path. Yeah. I'm so excited for you. It's so great. (laughs) Um, so where can people find you online, both for your practice and you mentioned you're on Instagram for your book. So both avenues. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So my practice is Lakeway Spine Center and that's the website as well. Um, on Instagram, it's Lakeway Spine, um, same for Facebook. And then for, for me, for writing, it's Instagram at Dr. Andrea Louise, Dr. Andrea Louise. And so you can find me there. Awesome. Yay. Good. Because I'm sure we all want to follow you and on your journey, you know, so it's very exciting. Aw, thank you. <laughs> um, <laughs> so to wrap up, we ask a super fun question of everybody at the end. Um, I didn't mention to you, but Joey is a musician. That's where I'm sitting. And you see this weird background. It's like I'm in a weird cave, but it's actually his, so cool. his music studio. <laughs> um, and so we always ask people, what's if you could only listen to one music artist for the rest of your life, who would it be? Oh my gosh. Hmm. Hmm. Well, that's a good question. <laughs> okay. Let me think. The tough one. Yeah. Um, well, kind of all my life, old school, it would be you too. Uh, I finally saw them in concert a couple of years ago and that was amazing. Mm. Um, I love Sarah McLaughlin and Sarah Bareilles. I could listen to them all day, every day. And the new Chris Stapleton album has got, got, kind of got me right now. Yeah. Oh, gosh, I don't know that I could pick one. <laughs> you listed like 10. <laughs> yeah. I failed. <laughs> I know. Come on. <laughs> you too is a good one. You, you know, you, we haven't, I don't think anyone said you too yet. Yeah, no. Really? Yeah, that's pretty good. Huh. Um, a friend of mine posted on Facebook a while back, uh, 
like, guess who I saw? And there was a picture and it was Bono. Like she was at some restaurant in like Carmel or something. Yes. I was just like, what? And then they went up to him. Like I would have been too scared, but they went up to him and like, he took a picture with them and everything. He has like sunglasses on, he's looking all cool and, you know, and yeah. Oh my gosh. I would have been like, what? And then someone else commented like, who's the rock star looking person? They didn't know, but like, oh. just, but like, but what's cool oh. is that if he's, he is, is like, you just know, even if you don't know who that is, you know, it's a rock star because Bono's just has that look about oh, him. He's you know? Yeah. He's got the vibe. Yeah. So I thought it was funny that it's like, they didn't know who he was, but they knew he was a rock star. That is so cool. So funny. I, know. I was just like, that's amazing. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't know, yeah want... he'd be my top pick you too? yeah I think that's a good one you can't go wrong with you too and no one's done it before so now you're unique <laughs> you're the first one uh, nice. thank that's you so shocking. much for taking for taking the time to chat with us I really appreciate it oh thank you so much for the opportunity I really I'm so thankful thank you yeah we're, we're so ex- and we're excited to watch you rise you're a rising star <laughs> of your authorship <laughs> we'll see <laughs> I hope so. Oh my God, I love it. (laughs) Thanks for tuning in to the Small Business Big Mindset Podcast. To keep the fun going, check out our Facebook group, Start and Scale an Online Business, for even more free trainings and resources from fellow entrepreneurs. If you haven't already, head on over to musclecreative.com and click subscribe to join our email list for our weekly updates. And if you've enjoyed this podcast episode, check us out on your favorite podcast platform to follow us and give us a review. As always, be authentic, bring an insane amount of value, and keep crushing it.